Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend. Today we are talking about the Broadway musical Here Lies Love. So grab your mug and let's get talking. It's going to be a, a fun episode today. We it haven't talked be. about anything, well, maybe not anything this topical, because mm. um, there's lots to talk about here. But granted, yes. we're also recording this, what, like a, a month? Yeah, a almost month. a full month before it's coming out. So yeah. things might have changed by the time Who this comes knows? out, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold us to what we say. <laughs> yeah. Well, the history of it is true. We're going to talk a little bit about history the, and yes. things that have happened. So those will remain true unless we enter yes. a separate branch of the multiverse. Yes. But- I don't intend for that to happen. That's a different yeah, story. that's another story. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> First off, with our coffee today, we have coffee from Endeavor Coffee again, from the lovely Kevin, who we had on a couple episodes again. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Um, this is the Rise and, uh, rise and Grind? Rise, rise and, and Shine. Rise and Shine. Oh, I'm used rise to the Rise and, and Grind life, so <laughs> I'm not, not used to that one. Um, rise and Shine, we'll talk about it a little bit later in the episode, but I- I'm, I'm liking it so far, so... Stick around if you want to know what it, what it's all about. You can find Carver Coffee in our show notes as well to get discount on them, as well as Buy Me a Coffee, which always helps our uh, show and support us in financial ways, but also if you want to support us in just emotional ways. We like a good hi. We like a good message. <laughs> support me emotionally. We, we, say we're hello. friendly people. <laughs> yeah. Say, say hello, please. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Here Lies Love is a current... Um, yeah, current come to Broadway show that is now oh either now open or opening in a couple days based on, I can't you'll hear it in the episode. Just listen for it. It had its <laughs> in real life, it had its first preview like oh two weeks two ago, weeks I, ago think. I think yeah. ish. In this episode world, it will probably be a month like in, a month, so. almost two months ago. Yeah. As I said, some things are gonna change because time travel. Um <laughs> Yeah, time travel. I like that. Sorry, do the time travel. (laughs) So let's get into Here Lies Love. Yeah, let's jump in. So there's a few different things we're going to talk about. Um, The reason we pick this topic is because there's lots of necessary Mm -hmm. conversations going on around this show um, in regards to unions and racial inequities and conversations and just some really interesting things. Um, This this is it's an important musical in regards to where we are Mm -hmm. historically and the trajectory of humanitarian issues in New York City, um, which New York City sets the precedent for the rest of the industry. So, um, or maybe not precedent, that might not be the right word, but it's um, heavily influencing the rest of the world of theater. So it's important that we talk about it. We'll we'll talk about a few different things. I'll start us off with um, the concept and the team, and then Austin will talk a little bit about the, the journey to Broadway and um, yes. how it began and where it is and how it got <laughs> there and everything. Um, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some controversy going on in regards to um, some racial aspects of the show. And then, Austin, you'll finish it off with um, different some, controversy that's happening. Uh, musicians yes. union controversy things. <laughs> Y'all, lots of union things going on in the world yeah. at once, too. Yeah, there is. Um, so to start us off, this is what the website has to say about the show. Here Lies Love is a groundbreaking musical about former Filipina first lady Imelda Marcos's rise to power and subsequent fall at the hands of the Philippine People Power Revolution. From the brilliant minds of David Byrne and Fatboy Slim, 
Here Lies Love has been called an ecstatic and dynamic party by Time Out New York. And the first thing I thought was that this reminds me a lot of Evita as far as the sound and, and mm-hmm. concept for the show, making this big, giant spectacle out of the life of, of a female governmental figure and their rise and fall. Yep. yep. I read many reviews that were saying the same thing. So really? you're okay. on the right mindset with that. Well, cool. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the concept music and lyrics were by David Byrne, uh, music mm-hmm. by Fatboy Slim, choreography mm-hmm. by Annie B. Parson. It was directed, excuse me, it was developed and directed by Alex Timbers, who we love that name in my home. Um, a scenic design by David Corins, we love that name in my home, and lighting design by Justin Towson, and of course a myriad of other designers and creatives, but those were the heavy yes. hitters, I think, for this show in particular. I included scenic and lighting because this show, part of what they're marketing as this immersive experience is so heavily dependent on that. I should have included sound design as well. I apologize to whoever did the sound. Um, I'm sure they did wonderful. Yeah, they did a beautiful job, I'm sure. Um, so, this is a 90-minute show, and it's it's... It says it's a nightclub style setting, so we're mm. not actually in the nightclub, in a nightclub at all, but that is the intended atmosphere. They want it to feel like we're at a nightclub with a DJ and all that stuff. Um, one fascinating thing, the last thing I'll say about the show as far as big picture, is that um, one of the big reasons that this is so innovative is the seating. Um, mm-hmm. So they have five seating options. The first is the floor, so it's literally like the dance floor. There's, uh, think of picture like a runway and there's the runway part of the stage it's almost like it's it's a thrust of sorts um and but there's a dance floor all around it and so you're standing um the 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 website says dancing is encouraged uh it also says that all coats bags personal belongings must be checked um and then they have floor side which they compare to like courtside seats so it's elevated seating next to the dance floor so you're getting a, a still a great view it's all happening right in front of you but it's you don't have to stand the whole time um and then they have front mezzanine which is more of the traditional theater seating style and the website says performance extends up to you from the dance floor just below with actors performing throughout the entire space so actors are coming up into the front mezzanine as as well Um, and then you have the rear mezzanine which is um the classic theater seat with a panoramic view of the action is the most traditional most familiar experience for theater goers and then uh, lastly, they have a VIP lounge, which is an exclusive mm. premium experience within a closed lounge space in a, uh, with a private bar. So it's right next to that dance floor. It's closed My off. Goodness. And you have a private bar. And I was like, I oh, don't even pal. want another price tag for that. No. Um, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the, the big uh, selling points of the show is look how crazy it is. Look what we've done. They've yeah. completely renovated the, the Broadway theater, um, which mm-hmm. is where it's playing right now. And there's a, a video where they like lay out how they've renovated it, and I watched that too. Gorgeous, I know. And David Corn like, is, oh. is narrating it, which is really yeah. neat. Yep, um, it's great. Okay, that's all I've got for concept and team. Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna talk about the history as far as the show goes. Um, there will be tiny gaps of time, but that's just because there wasn't information necessarily. But it started out as a concept album. Uh, Here Lies Loved was the con- uh, the concept album and rock musical made in collaboration between Dave Byrne and Fatboy Slim. <clears throat> and it was about the life of former First Lady of Philippines, Melda Marcos, along with the woman who raised her, Estrella Compass, and follows Marcos until she and her family were forced to leave the Philippines. And the album features 22 guest vocalists. 22? Yep, 22 guest vocalists. Gosh! And was released on April 5th, 2010. 
Um, so in research with this, this show has been building for quite a while. And with that journey resembled Hadestown to me, mm-hmm. uh, just starting here, going there, going there, going there, now on Broadway. Yeah. Um, not to be compared, but sort of just like, oh, okay, similar journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but the title of the album is taken from a comment made by Imelda during a visit to her husband, Ferdinand Marcos, embalmed body. Whoa. Imelda expressed that she would like the phrase, here lies love, to be inscribed on her tombstone. Wow. It's kind of kind of dark when you think about it. And you're like, oh, and this is a disco show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's a different That's thing. That's another story. Um, Never mind anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> also, I have to say, as a sidebar, we've been joking that we need to make another podcast called That's Another Story Never Mind Anyway. And we yes. tell stories of some kind, but they're all theater-centric. Um, yep. and that, I just think that that's funny and I just wanted to I do that. too because every time that we say that that's what the subtext is. <laughs> if you're interested in that, let us know because we don't mind we don't mind doing that. <laughs> Uh, this is a quote from David Byrne released um, about the album itself, not necessarily the show. But he was quoted saying, quote, The story I am interested in is about asking what drives a powerful person. What makes them tick? How do they make, then remake themselves? I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if, as this piece would be principally composed of clubby dance music, one could experience it in a nightclub setting? Could one bring a story and a kind of theater to the disco? Was that possible? If so, wouldn't that be amazing? End quote. So hmm. it's interesting that that was the concept behind the concept album. Yeah. to eventually be in a theater setting. And here we are. Um, but Here Lies Love was performed live four times before the album was released. It was the first presented as a song at the Adelaide Festival of Arts under the artistic direction of Brett Sheehy in Adelaide, Australia on March 10th, 2006. In addition, uh, with additional date. Yep, 2006. Wait, so but the concept was, album. Oh, I know. okay. It was, it was a release. Four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four years until it got released, Whoa. but it was performed four years before. Uh, and then additional dates on March 13th and 14th. It was also performed live at Carnegie Hall in New York City on February 3rd, 2007, as wow. part of the Carnegie Hall Perspective series. Oh my gosh. So jumping ahead a few years uh, into rehearsals and preparation. Here Lives Love premiered off-Broadway at the Public Theater in New York City in 2013 under the direction of Alex Timbers. It starred Ruthie Ann Miles uh, in the lead role with Jose Hanna as Ferdinand Marcos and Conrad Ricamora, Ricamora excuse me, as Ninoy Aquino. And the production played an extended run at the public before closing in August 2013. So it ran uh, for a short period and then it returned open-ended commercial run again at the public in April 2014. Huh. It closed January 4th, 2015. So it ran, it ran a little more, another year. That production won five Lucille Lortel Awards in 2014 for Outstanding Director, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Musical, Outstanding Costume Design, and Outstanding Lighting Design, and Outstanding Sound Design. So, sound design did do something. Uh, (laughs) The musical, directed once again by Timbers, opened at the Royal National Theater in September, yes, in September 2014, and played a limited sold-out run through January 2015 at the Royals' newly renovated Dorfman Theater. The London-based production was nominated for three Olivier Awards in 2015, which was Best New Musical, Outstanding Achievement in Music, and Best Theater Choreographer. A revamped production of the original Off-Broadway creative team, with the intention of recreating the immersive elements uh, in a proscenium theater, 
was staged at the Seattle Repertory Theater on uh, April 7th to June 18th, 2017. It was extended to May 28th after strong ticket sales. And I did read in a different article, 1776 mm. star Sarah Porkalob, I believe is how you say it, uh, published an essay describing concerns in further depth, writing, quote, Here Lies Love paints a glossy veneer over the Philippines' national trauma and America's role in it. No amount of disco can repair that, end quote. So I'm sure that may tie in a little bit with what's what we'll talk about as far as controversy, but that was just a statement from the 2017 production, not even what's currently wow. happening. So, who knows? The production is yeah. scheduled to have its Broadway premiere at the Broadway Theater in the summer of 2023, yeah. with previews extending to begin on June 17th before an official opening schedule for July 20th. Uh, the production, yeah. The production plans to rotate different guest actors from the Philippines in various roles. I found that interesting to sort of have a cycle going uh, on that okay. way. That's really uh, what I could find as far as history. I didn't really find much about um, auditions, but I know you were saying something that there was audition issues or con- controversy yeah. within that. Or, Well, it's it wasn't quite audition issues. Um, oh, good. The issues weren't really anything to do with the casting. The casting yeah. is one of the very few okay. things about the show that Amazing. people are celebrating. Well, not not few. I take that back. Not few. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps the most celebrated thing is the casting and the fact that this is the first all-Filipino cast on Broadway, which is a huge mm-hmm. achievement. That's mm-hmm. incredible, amazing, amazing, amazing. And um, Leah Salonga, who is actually yes. joining the show for a short stint in the summer, um, and as well as Clint Ramos, uh, who is the costume designer, they both... Uh, a, um, they both assisted in the casting process as well, and were a big part of that. I feel better about that. And, yeah, no, knowing that that's something to celebrate, I feel better. Yes, because I was I was worried when I was doing research. I was like, I don't see anything. Yeah. So is this being covered up? What's happening? Yeah. No, it got to the <laughs> final day, and okay, um, there was a quote where Leah was talking about casting it, and she was like, "This is." She she said we we cast the final person who was the DJ, and she was nice. like, "Once we cast the DJ, we were like at the table. We're like, well, that is that it? We we did it. We did it. We yeah." It's all. It's everyone is it's is Filipino, <laughs> Filipina, Filipina. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> so uh, that's great, and everything that is about to follow is also in mm-hmm. in. You, we're weighing it with this. Vocal health is incredibly important. Sometimes you get tired, you get allergies, you get overworked, and your voice suffers, which can really put a damper on your work as a singer, actor, or even public speaker. Vocal mist can help with that. It's a portable nebulizer that uses an isotonic saline to make a cool mist that you inhale. It's been research proven to help the voice stay hydrated and working well. The Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer is a fast and easy way to keep your vocal cords healthy, give you better vocal stamina, and can mitigate damage from overuse. I have one of my own that I absolutely love, and if you use your voice in your artistic endeavors, I can't recommend this enough. Use the affiliate link in the show notes and get your Vocal Mist Portable Nebulizer today. So, the show, like we've said, is about Imelda Marcos, the former first lady of the Philippines uh, from 1965 to 86. While in power, her her and her husband stole billions of pesos from the Filipino people. She was known for living lavishly, spending tons of money on parties, trips, art jewelry, and owned 3,000 pairs of shoes. Um, oh my gosh. They also funded countless propaganda projects using public funds. There are tons of court cases around the world 
that are centered on Imelda and Ferdinand for a myriad of charges, including racketeering, corruption, and human rights violations. And to mm. top it off, they have the Guinness World Record for the greatest robbery of a government. Oh, the my two goodness. Of them do. And so, so this is who this musical is about. Yeah. And um, honestly, I owe this episode to the musical dealer on TikTok. Um, he made a post a few months ago just kind of talking about this and saying, hey, we should we should be opening up this conversation right now. Yeah. Um, this yeah. is what the show is about. Because uh, he'd made a, a video about um, the concept album, just saying, hey, this is coming to Broadway soon. Keep an eye out for it. And there were lots of Philippinex people in his comment section just saying like, hey, this isn't cool. This show is bad. It's it's spitting on the graves of the people who were hurt in yep. their regime and kind of going through all of it. And at the same time, there's something to celebrate within the show um, with the first all Filipinx cast. And so, mm-hmm. so a little bit more about the Marcos family. So um, Imelda in particular was known to have a, quote, edifice complex for all the buildings she ordered to be constructed. And mm. a lot of them were um, ordered to be constructed with impossibly short deadlines. During the rush construction of a film center, scaffolding collapsed and took 150 workers into the quick drying cement below. Neither rescuers nor ambulances were permitted on the site until an official statement had been prepared. And the rescuers oh were eventually allowed to go into the accident site yeah. nine hours after the collapse. And according to the former president of the Cultural Center of the Philippines, who it was the it was supposed to be the film center in that cultural yep. center. And yep. according to the former president, the architect um, Fruilin Hong said that only seven died and that all of them, quote, were retrieved and given the proper rights befitting the dead, close quote. Yeah. But rumor has it that the bodies are there underneath that building to this day. Yeah. And this is just the beginning. There are tons of other controversies about how the Marcos family harmed the lives of thousands of Filipino people. Yeah. And um, an interesting thing is that during a 2010 interview with Time magazine, uh, David Byrne said that, quote, he'd like listeners to reluctantly empathize with his Mm. vision of her, end quote. And so, again, it brings me back to Evita of, like, they, they did some horrible things it makes me think of all the the things that um, Avita and her husband did in Argentina, and how that was sort of glorified with Avita. And um, so here we have the statement from David saying that he he wants you to empathize with her, reluctantly so. But also, I feel like that quote can also be taken out of context and weighing yeah. it against what you said earlier about how um, it is not necessarily about glorifying her, but like what does power do to people. Is something to consider from his point of view as well. Um, And as a separate issue altogether, the creative team is incredibly lacking in Filipinx representation. The writers, director, choreographer, scenic, and lighting designers, none of them are Filipino. Um, The only one that I found on the website, and I could be wrong here, um, so please correct me if I am, but the only person in the entire creative team that's listed is Mm -hmm. Clint Ramos, the costume designer. And while we should celebrate the wins, we have to acknowledge the losses as well. Yeah. Um, one thing that is interesting, though, is that um, in the, again, on that website, listing the creative team, the 7107 Media Group uh, is credited, and specifically Giselle Tongyi is credited <laughs> as the cultural and community liaison. Um, her bio says that she's... Uh, she is Kilig. I'm not sure. I'm going to mess up some of these words here because they're okay. not all in English. But um, Welcome to my life. 
Giselle G. Tongi is Kilig to be part of Here Lies Love on Broadway, serving as the bridge to amplify Filipino AX community interest and outreach. G also hey. serves as Philam Arts Executive Director, advocating for representation of Philams in entertainment. G is a certified nonprofit professional, multi hyphenated artist, cultural bearer, and community leader. Maki Baka Huwag Matakot. So this is a plus for that team that they have yeah. this cultural and community liaison. That's great. Um, and like I said before, Leah Salonga, who helped cast the show and will be performing in the show for a short period, has talked about even after her Tony win and other accolades, when her career was sort of just kind of catapulting, she was still turned away from auditioning for shows purely because of her racial background. And um, Ariel Jacobs, who's playing Imelda Marcos right now, said that this is uh, this is her quote. This is the first time I'm getting to play my own heritage. So I feel like I don't have to hide. I feel like I don't have to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Close quote. Yeah. And another quote from Clint Ramos, costume designer, said, We're extremely proud. And we also feel like this is the time. We're in the middle of a Filipino renaissance, not only in the Americas, but all over the world. End quote. And yeah. so this all Filipino cast is absolutely a huge win that should not be ignored. It should be celebrated, in fact. Additionally, the official Instagram page for the show said that Here Lies Love is an anti-Marco show. It's a, it is a pro-Filipino show being told in a quintessential American form, the Broadway musical. Yep. And wrapping it up, according to David Burns, the show is meant to offer lessons on how to deal with tyranny and to raise awareness about how people can be seduced by a charismatic leader. He said yep. the story is more relevant now around the world than it was back then. Um, when he was talking about the previous off-Broadway yep. we're on yeah, yeah, in yeah. The 2014. He said, mm -hmm. now it seems like democracy has been threatened around the world, even in this country. And so there, that's that's the, the scope of, well, uh, a small scope of the, yeah. the racial issues <laughs> surrounding the show. Issues being yep. positive and negative. There's celebrations and there's also some, um, some not cool things that need to be talked yep. about as well that should be condemned. Um, and so there are some Filipinx artists who have said, do not support this show. They are not honoring our voices. They are not honoring our people. They are not honoring our culture. And it's, it's like someone said, spitting on the graves of the people who died at the hands of the Marcoses. Mm -hmm. And there are other creatives who um, are working on this show who are saying, hey, this is important. This is not glorifying her. It's glorifying the lifestyle, but in an effort to raise awareness about what they've done and like all this stuff. And so, and yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't know what the show Neither is doing. I, also, it's so. in previews. So it, can change and will change 100 yeah. yes. will change uh until the show opens on the 20 whatever of july which is i think a few days right before this episode comes out so oh, really um yeah <laughs> it'll be interesting it's the same week i believe yeah um that's it'll crazy. Be interesting to see what changes or if they in any way sort of elevate the story of the commoner um yeah and point out a little bit more so that we don't necessarily empathize with imelda as much but i i, yeah. I don't know that's a snapshot of the racial controversy. Time will tell on that one. Yeah. Uh, well, for more controversy, as if we didn't have enough, <laughs> uh, there was musician controversy with this show. Here Lies Love has been criticized for being the first musical staged at a Broadway league theater to intentionally use a pre-recorded soundtrack and no live musicians. Yeah. Local 802 of the American Federation of Musicians has criticized this choice as, quote, a direct attack on Broadway audiences and live music, end mm. quote. 
The creative team attempted to defend this decision, saying it was inspired by karaoke and saying the show, quote, does not believe in artistic gatekeepers, end quote. Uh. But this statement drew further uh, ear from the union, uh. who said in a statement, quote, rather than negotiate, David Byrne is trying to break the union. Broadway musicians are not gatekeepers, like David Byrne callously said. Oof. Instead of using his show to lift up musicians that are struggling, he's degenerating their work, tossing them aside and saying they can't do it, end quote. And threatened further measures, quote, if they still continue to not use live musicians. On June 9th, so only recently from recording this, but very far away from when this release, uh, June 9th, 2023, it was announced that the musical would employ 12 live musicians, which include the three actor musicians. So it's been rectified. Yeah. But it took a big, it took a big screen to do it. And it's like, yeah, I, I do think it's a great example of people and unions making their voice heard and standing uh -huh. up for what's right. And there being a positive change. That's something to Absolutely. celebrate as well. Yeah. Um, There's I remember many in the, in, in the, um, I was reading the Playbill article about that whenever they yeah. had stated that they will provide 12 musicians from that local union. Um, mm -hmm. And in the article, it said something about how in the past there have been shows where um, tracks like that have been permitted. Um, yeah. And there are rules around there about um, not using live musicians uh, in or using tracks in lieu of musicians when yep. it is not budget-centric and when it is an artistic choice. And to yep. me, that this show is following that guideline of it is not necessarily about budget. As far as we know, um, it is not about budget. It's about the artistic interpretation of a karaoke bar um, or karaoke club. And yep. um, so to me, it does follow those guidelines. But in a time where every artist's job is being threatened by technology... I think it is sort of a sour move to um to 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 make that conscious choice yep. of taking people's jobs. Correct. And it you even have musicals like um you have shows like Ain't Too Proud who do have live musicians. You just never see them on stage, mm -hmm. much like other shows. So if it had been concept if if the concept had been to be karaoke seeming, you still could have had the musicians backstage mm -hmm. or uh, under the stage and then come out at the end like like yeah. several shows do. Yeah. So it's it's definitely like you said it's the artistic choice to say no at a time that is really sensitive of people's jobs being threatened yeah. by technology and this then isn't the time this... to make that artistic no. choice. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um but, and something I thought about too is making that artistic choice be a budget or artistic choice. Right now it seems like artistic choice is like 98% sure that that was the, the thing, not money. If we take money out of the picture, that's what it is. Yeah. But then you have shows that go on tour, for example, where budget comes into the picture and you have a show that has a 16-pit orchestra suddenly being played by five people. Mm -hmm. It's still being done by real people. It's just less because a keyboard can play multiple instruments yeah. at once or, or having pre-recorded tracks. So it's a similar conversation but also very different. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For so. sure. Mm. This show has lots of things to celebrate. Yeah. It has lots mm -hmm. of things to question and be concerned about. Very much. It, It's pushing the envelope in some amazing ways. 
with what it's doing um, with its design elements and the concept. Yes. This immersive show, I mean, really, I feel like Natasha Pierre was the most comparable thing to it as far as like letting it spill out. Was that David Corns too? I'm going to look that up. Of letting the design spill out into the audience. And I feel like, um, no, it was not uh, David Corns. It was Mimi nope. Lian. Oh. Um, but anyway, it, it just reminds me, they're, they're pushing the envelope in some really cool ways. Yeah. Um, but also, it's a musical about a culture of people who are not represented in the nope. people who wrote and directed it and mm-hmm. conceived it. And I just, mm-hmm. I feel like in a day and age where we are becoming more and more conscious of how we are treating the concept of culture, I, I feel like if you're going to make a giant Broadway musical that's heavily dependent on the cultural experience of, of anybody, let alone mm-hmm. a, an entire group of people. Yeah. Maybe bring in someone from that culture to yeah. weigh in. And maybe they did, but not heavily enough to where they're credited. That's Correct. the thing. Like maybe they did that, have cultural yeah. consultants come in, but they're not credited as anything other than a cultural consultant. They're nope. they're not credited as writers. There are no Filipinex credited Writers, directors, choreographers, designers, except that one costume designer, which yep. amazing. Let's Again, celebrate, celebrate Quinn Ramos yes. um, and this first all Filipino cast on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people are saying, do not support the show. Some yep. people are saying, by all means, support it. Let the community know that we want to see more art like this. <laughs> There's no right answer. <laughs> there, There isn't a right answer. And I would say if this episode has piqued your interest, in either either the show or seeing the show, do your research and yeah. and know going into it that there is the proud and then there is the okay that's still a problem but and yeah. it really is just a choice of whether like you're saying don't support this because it's not doing anything justifiably well on the people it's trying to represent. Or go see it because it is a celebration, as Easton's yeah. been saying. It's it's a subject. It is a subject. And honestly, <laughs> I think this was a great topic for an episode. Absolutely, yeah. I, I love topics like this because, as you said at the beginning of the episode so poignantly, this is a topic that needs to be d- discussed. Yeah. No, I, I also wanted to bring up before mm. we wrap up that, again, per usual, per the past 20-something years, we are two yes. white guys. And yes. um, if there is anything about this conversation that was incorrect or uh-huh. that um, isn't necessarily on the up and up or that we should be conscious of, or even even as simple as like pronunciations on things, yeah, let please. us know. Because us. we the whole point of this podcast is selfish. It's for us to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So we're challenging ourselves to, to look at different subjects and try different things Correct. and have different conversations about things that we're trying to learn about. So mm-hmm. um, and stay on top of. So. Um, as always, if there's anything that you think we should know, please, by all means, let us know. Yes. Um, We'd love to be corrected because it grows. Yeah. So let's talk about coffee while we wrap up. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, the first thing I noticed is that it was, it was super heavy for a light roast. It was very, um, strong isn't the right word, but it was, uh, I think you said heavy at one point. I it said was heavier heavy at one and bolder. Point. I guess bolder maybe than I expected for yeah. a lighter roast. Yeah. It was it was off putting again, like you said, with the word light roast, you're like, oh, it should be a little lighter. Yeah. And it was it was just heavy. It's yeah. good. It, there's nothing wrong with this cup of coffee. No, not at all. 
I've I've never met a bad cup of coffee, but <laughs> um, no, we were trying to figure out notes, and we both said nutty. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? I I said like there's a um, little bit of acidity. There's a little acidity. I think one of the notes you said was chocolate, and yeah. uh, we mentioned that it, cho- chocolate for us isn't always, or at least for me, it could be for Easton. It's not a strong note. If I know it's there, I can point it out, but it's not the yeah, first same. thing my palate goes to. Yeah. So the nuttiness whacked me in the face when I first took a sip. <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> well, like, oh, okay. and that was before we knew the tasting notes. So then we went on the exactly. website and we we're like, oh, nuttiness, acidity. Nuttiness. We're like, we, we got, got two of the three without even looking. We're getting better Bingos. at this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And instead um, of almonds so specifically, always... which I feel like was accurate. Oh, okay. You don't see almond a lot. Yeah. I, I feel. Like uh, you see, um, I don't know. I'm acting like I'm an expert, but. <laughs> Hey, um, the point of the show is to grow. It's so to grow. That's all Come that matters. on, <laughs> um, but yeah. So again, this is from Endeavor Coffee, our dear friend Kevin. Uh, we'll have his information in the show notes as well. Uh, give give them their support. Uh, give yeah. them your support because they're just a really good. They're really good people doing really good thing for the coffee that they're providing. Um, thank you again for listening. If you made it to this point, we love all of you. Uh, we. <laughs> Uh, just posted the other day that we reached a thousand downloads. So when you're hearing Woo! this, let's make it two thousand. Come on, let's get <laughs> let's to we're there 10, by ten thousand. I 10, dare 000. you. Do it. I I don't believe you can't. No, I believe you could. <laughs> um, Share this show uh, with a friend. Yes, that's the biggest thing all you can friends. do. Share with a friend really and rate and review. Yeah, and that's Le- all. I leave got. us leave us for rates and reviews. Reach out. Say hi. We we really do enjoy it. Um. And if you, again, when what the Easton was saying, if this sparked any kind of idea that you were like, hey, I want to hear about this musical, or hey, could you do information on this musical or bring up this topic from any kind of theater setting, not just musicals, um, we love this kind of stuff. That's why, that's why we make episodes about it. Um, so reach out, let us know, and if we can, we'll try and raise the voice as much as we can. Yeah. But as always, if you have your mug, Raise it, and I'll send us on Raised. our merry little way. And everybody remember to be good beans and drink good beans. Be those beans. Have a good one. Yeah, be the beans. Hit my The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions, a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's infamous adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.